My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, welcome to The Boost, episode 21. I'm glad to be back after a number of weeks off as we worked on shipping the Mental Health Marketing Conference, which was uh, such a fun, special event down in Franklin, Tennessee, near Nashville, uh, just a few weeks back. And um, got a lot of great feedback, a lot of buzz, uh, a lot of new friends from that conference, and we're already in planning mode for 2024. Uh, and if you were there, you noticed our um, Platinum Premier sponsor was Oswald Digital Marketing. They are also the sponsor of this episode of the podcast, which is fun to have a major sponsor. Uh, we've never had that before here. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with them. So they came initially to the 2022 Mental Health Marketing Conference uh, over in East Nashville. And that was also a special event. And they, they loved what they saw. And they, they caught the vibe of the event and what we're building. And they came on board in 2023 as our Platinum Premier Sponsor uh, but it was so much more than that. Um, they talk a lot about how they uh, they dive deeper is what they say. And it's true. Um, when With my experience with them and our team working with them, uh, there was nothing that they wouldn't just jump in right with us and help solve for or figure out whether it was, um, you know, getting into our digital marketing analytics and figuring out where to go forward there. Uh, or ticket sales or, you know, the stage set or the signage or our brand, uh, everything and anything that had to do with the conference and really our success. They were such an extension of our business and our brand. So can't thank them enough for that. Looking forward to collaborating with them going forward. But if you're looking for a digital marketing agency, there's certainly one to put in the consideration set and check out. They are at Oswald digitalmarketing.com, oswalddigitalmarketing.com. And with that, I'm excited to uh, jump into this conversation with Colin Jeffries. He's the VP of Marketing and Communications at Brightview Health. We recorded this a few weeks back and excited to get it live now. So with that, let's go. All right, welcome to The Boost, conversations with people promoting mental health, and we certainly have a great one here today with Colin Jeffries, who is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Brightview Health, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about his organization, uh, what he does there, and uh, what they're doing in local communities. Uh, so Colin, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? Steve, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on The Boost. Looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm loving the background. You're looking, you're looking so pro. You've done this before, I think. 
Yes, fortunately, Brightview understands the power and the impact of video. So at our headquarters, we have a little bit of a video studio that I've taken over today to record this episode. So hopefully the audio is crisp and the video is clean. Yeah, it's crisp. It's super crisp and I'm impressed. And uh, it's on my short list. You know, I, I rolled this podcast out earlier this year. Uh, this this will probably be episode 22 or 23 and uh, is going to come out in September. Um, but I really did roll it out as like something I hadn't done before officially, but I was, I love doing video. I love editing video. I get into a state of flow where all of a sudden it's two or 3 AM and I'm working on some video project and time has just passed and I need to go to bed, but I'm not tired. And, uh, and so to throw myself into this podcast, it was, um, it was a combination of a, of a topic I'm passionate about work I'm passionate about. Um, but also is a minimally viable product. So next season, whatever, whenever I decide to end the season, it's going to need to be, I need to level up the studio significantly. So maybe you can give me some pointers. <laughs> Happy to do it. I rely a lot on our PR manager who is an Emmy award-winning news producer, David McDonald. Oh he gosh. He's given me a lot of tips on the lighting kits and the soundproofing and all sorts of stuff. But fortunately we have a, a pretty nice studio here that we're able to let patients and staff tell their stories. We're able to bring in medical experts and have them talk about what's going on in the literature and what they're researching and those sorts of things. So we really try to make those video productions as high quality as we can on our uh, shoestring budget here. Man, smart. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to you and, and David. Uh, there's another person, Melvin Varghese, who's, who's got a great studio set up. So between, between the three of you, we're going to, we're going to level up the boost next year. Um, so before we, we, I have a, I have a bunch to talk to you about, but before we jump in, there's always two things we do. We do the virtual hug and the shameless plug. So the virtual hug is tell us somebody or something you're thankful for. Probably a lot to list, so I'll just grow with the low-hanging fruit here and say I'm super thankful for my wife. She's incredible. She's so just kind and an awesome mom to our kids and just a great supporter of me and my seemingly random endeavors and my passions and everything. So would not be where I am or anywhere close to it without her and her support and everything. So give her a, a big virtual hug. Nice. Tell us about your random passions and endeavors. What do you do? Yeah, for sure. So one of them is the Rethink Marketing Podcast, where my colleague Eric Reed and I have the chance to talk to marketing leaders and content marketers, PR leaders, those sorts of things, really bring them in and helping small businesses and solo marketers, small marketing departments for SMBs upskill. There's so many things that marketers are expected to be really good at. PR, earned media, public relations, um, social media, website design, yeah. I mean, the, the litany of things they're supposed to be good at. And there's there's not really a good repository for us to go to, to level up on all of those things. So that was kind of the onus behind the Rethink Marketing Podcast. And it's, I think we're now in season four, um, almost 200 episodes live, some incredible interviews for people way smarter than me that helped me level up. So that's one of them. I completed my MBA from Indiana University uh, earlier this year. And I mean, my wife did 200% of the work for <laughs> taking care of our house and our family. Yeah. I was under that um, stress while also working full time. So lots of irons in the fire. And, and she's just been um, amazing and stalwart and, and all of my, like I said, kind of random pursuits there. 
That's interesting. And we should, uh, yeah, kudos to her. I, th I thought you were going to say she did your homework um, when you say no. she did 200%. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, well played, but no, kind of a quite. opportunity cost there. Uh, but yeah, you did the schoolwork and she carried the load. So yeah, of course, uh, well-deserved for that. And uh, we should connect the dots uh, that both of our shows are in the Marketing Podcast Network. Um, yes. and that's with Jason Falls, a network of, I don't know how many podcasts, 40 or 50 or something. Maybe, you know, a lot, I think it was mid fifties last time I checked. Okay. Yeah. And, and rethink is one of the great resources in there. Uh, and there are a bunch. So I was, I was humbled really because our, our, we're very niche, you know, I mean, it's, it's very, um, niche conversation, but to the right folks who are interested in this, um, it's this like tribe and affinity that I found of being able to talk with people who are typically in the marketing space, in the marketing field, like you, who are also, um, you know, leaning into using consumer marketing and, and other marketing approaches for really some of the best and highest use, which is helping people in need um, during, you know, you know, all sorts of life situations uh, around mental health and behavioral health and addiction. So um, as kind of level setting, give us, give us the shameless plug, which is tell us what you're doing, tell us what Brightview Health does, and, and then we'll launch from there. Absolutely. So Brightview Health was founded in 2015, started seeing patients in 2016. I've been with the organization since January of 2019. And Brightview is outpatient addiction treatment for the non-jargony folks out there. We do local addiction treatment. So we are outpatient only and we let people recover in the communities where they live, where they work, where they play, where they have responsibilities like caring for their children or caring for their pets or school and, and jobs and things of that nature. And we really serve the Medicaid population and the uninsured population because they tend to be underserved. So the challenge there is really stepping in and helping with what we in the industry would call the, um, the, the uh, social determinants of health. So sure. if somebody is suffering from homelessness, if they don't have a safe and secure place to stay, if they don't have transportation, if they're unemployed, if they don't have insurance, uh, if they don't have proper nutrition and all of the other auxiliary things that come with addiction, navigating the justice system and, and things of that nature, we really try to make sure that we provide comprehensive care because if somebody comes to us and they say, I am unemployed, I am struggling to have a safe place to live, I haven't eaten in two days, and we're like, well, we'll really help you with the addiction and then you can go somewhere else for the psychological care and the nutrition and the, the homelessness and the transportation and employment, et cetera, et cetera that does a huge disservice to the patient. Mm -hmm. So we really try to make sure that we're addressing all of the, like I said, auxiliary issues that come with addiction. And just for context, Brightview has a marketing team of uh, nine people and we serve around 25,000 patients across eight states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Arizona, Delaware, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Ohio. Is there one I'm missing? Kentucky, if you didn't say Kentucky. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, we, you and I were talking a little bit ahead of time and thank you for that, um, plug and just the background really about, about what you're doing and, um, you know, not surprised you didn't mention it, but that phrase local addiction treatment is sort of one of your, um, 
one of your brain children. It's one of the things you came up with, um, you know, maybe in collaboration with other people. I don't know, but you were certainly responsible for that turn of phrase. And I think it's so fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, and I've been in healthcare marketing for a long time and or SaaS based, um, products in the healthcare space or services. And the term outpatient for me is one that I stumbled on for a long time because it's so not welcoming. It just, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like something I can identify with or adopt or even feel like I'm in the right place. Um, And maybe that's just me, my own interpretation of the word outpatient. Um, But to, uh, so for me personally, to, to call it local addiction treatment is so much clearer to me. And we were talking about uh, words that help us with change management. And the one that comes to mind for me is the horseless carriage back when we were transitioning from, not you and I, but transitioning from carriages to cars or vehicles, uh, automobiles. Um, There's this concept by, he's an industrial designer, um, named Raymond Lowy, who, if you don't know him, do you know who Raymond Lowy is? I can't say that I do. Okay. Okay. He had his hands on like uh, small changes to the Coca-Cola bottle and he redesigned the shell logo and all these sorts of things that were, had huge impact. Um, but he has this idea called Maya, which stands for most advanced yet acceptable. So when we're changing as people, when we're going through change management, we can, yes, design things that are tremendously future focused, but our minds as sort of lay people don't necessarily embrace um, all the change that's possible. We have to, we have to kind of walk on a bridge to get to change um, because it's difficult for us. So um, to help, to help people move away from maybe the concept of outpatient, you know, drug and addiction treatment, or SUD and and into something like local addiction um, treatment is, I think it's just so welcoming and so clarifying. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I really appreciate that. You know, we really struggled when we would enter communities because there's this perception of if you open an addiction treatment clinic, then quote unquote, those people are going to come into our community. And that's not the Brightview model at all. Our catchment areas typically are 10 to 15 miles around our center. So we're not bringing people in from outside communities. We're really serving the communities in which 
we both work and live as, as operators of these clinics. And, you know, saying outpatient addiction treatment, to your point, saying to somebody, you know, get out patient, right? Like we want you out patient. Yeah. Ambulatory surgery centers and other types of therapy that are built around outpatient care. The objective is almost from an insurance nomenclature of getting the patient out, outpatient, right? So for us saying outpatient in an industry that is just rife with luxury inpatient, residential adventure therapy, things where the, the perception generally of quote unquote rehab is I leave Indianapolis or Columbus or Toledo or wherever, and I go to Nashville or the Ozarks or LA or wherever for 30 days, and then I go back. We really wanted to combat that and help people understand that Brightview is, again, comprehensive outpatient addiction treatment for people with primary diagnoses of chemical addictions. Mm -hmm. That's really long. Saying yeah, local addiction right. treatment really encapsulates all that in a couple of words. And people have context for that. They understand, oh, local addiction treatment. You're serving people who already live in my community. They can continue to take care of their dogs or they can continue to go to school. They can continue to work. They can continue to provide childcare for their families, et cetera, because we understand what local means. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the accolades there. You know, I have the privilege of leading a great team of some really forward thinkers, people who are glad to phrase and test and rephrase as is needed. And that was something that we really landed on that resonated with both patients and referral partners. And then very importantly, communities at large. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so cohesive. Um, and not to mention, I mean, on the other side of, you know, inpatient, you know, there's always a focus. Well, there can be a focus on census and, you know, readmits. And so to turn that into something that is actually very home-based, very local, very us, you know, it, it feels like there's a, a commitment to it um, at a, at a local community level, which just, it just really feels good and clarifying. And uh, there's a behavioral health organization I work with, um, on the West coast and they talk about how clarity is kindness, you know? So in healthcare where we can talk about, you know, tertiary services and things we can get very clinically, um, deep, pretty quick. And there's this, there's a place for that. There's a place for expert language, um, because it's, it also has clarity for people who speak that language, but you just have to know who you're talking to. And that's, that's one of the, I, that's one of the secrets of marketing is right. Is like, be aware of who you're talking to and meet them where they are and, and work from that place out. Um, so what, what do you, what do you like kind of help us understand your marketing, uh, strategy in terms of what are you working on? What are you seeing drive traction? What are some of the, um, the projects or campaigns that you're putting into place and, and give us a little bit of the why behind, just as the vice president of marketing and comms, you know, how you're driving this ship forward. Definitely. Well, as Simon Sinek would say, let's start with why. Mm. So Brightview, again, being local addiction treatment, we are really trying to drive things forward with direct to patient or direct to consumer marketing. A lot of luxury rehab, inpatient rehab, residential rehab, et cetera, is really based on referral relationships or 
it's based on someone sending a patient to you. So you're reaching out to the mom to send the child or the, the dad to send the child, or you're reaching out to the spouse to send the other spouse or whatever the situation is. Mm. It's really focused on a decision maker who's not the, and I say end user in the marketing sense, not, yeah. you know, quote unquote user in the, the addiction treatment sense, but it's really focused on the decision maker, not the end user. And so what, what we recognized is Brightview's average patient age is late thirties. Um, we have a, a singleness index. So folks who are not married or are divorced um, at more than double the national average for that age, uh, very low uh, post high school um, academic pursuit rate. So think of people who either dropped out uh, before finishing high school or finished high school and then didn't do any other academic pursuits, very high unemployment rate, very high homelessness rate, um, 60 plus percent with patients who start at Brightview. Mm -hmm. So the, the traditional method of multi-channel marketing, billboards, radio ads, TV, OTT, et cetera, really didn't fit our model. So when you look at who's looking at billboards, it's people who are driving to work. Okay, well, if you don't have a job and you don't have a car, are you driving past billboards? No. Who's receiving mail? People who live at a primary residence. Well, if you're struggling with homelessness or housing insecurity, are you getting direct mail or uh, co-op mail or marriage mail or other things that are arriving in a physical mailbox? No. When do you listen to the radio, to podcasts, to streaming audio? Well, typically when you're driving. So if you're not driving, are you listening to, to those elements? No. So you sort of go through the list of how do we reach this population and time and again, the quote unquote marketing rug is being yanked out from underneath us. So we sat down with patients and we said, Hey, when you started care at Brightview, mm -hmm. what were your social media consumption habits? And we focus grouped and we did surveys and we figured out what social media platforms they were using. We wanted to know what media consumption habits were as we expected, people were not reading news sites. As we didn't expect, they were also not spending time on user-generated content sites like Reddit or Imager and so on. So we went through and really figured out when somebody is in the depths of addiction and they hit that sort of critical point of, am I going to get help or am I just going to end it because I'm exhausted? Here's the set of media that they're consuming. And that's our patient population. That's our target. It's different than a lot of other behavioral health and addiction treatment providers. But for us, we wanted to know where is that person? And then we went and we found them. So um, YouTube usage, very strong, uh, generally speaking, social media usage, pretty strong, particularly Facebook and Instagram, uh, now a rise in, in TikTok usage as well. So we're, we're really focused on, okay, they're consuming video content. We have to, hence the, the studio, right? We have to be better at our video content, particularly YouTube, because if you think about consuming media, you're, they're looking for something that is free, that's very accessible, and that they don't necessarily have to have a subscription for. So YouTube is very accessible. You can find content around pretty much anything that you want at your fingertips immediately. And we said, okay, well, based on certain criteria, we want to do some targeting for those folks and really make sure that our message is resonating and reaching the right people. So hopefully that gives your audience a little bit of an understanding of what our methodology was, why we decided to, to work that way based on our patient demographics and psychographics and uh, some things that, that have been working well for us. We also see, not surprisingly, search engine optimization has been working really well. About 7%, uh, I think, of our patients uh, cite social media as an influencer on them deciding to start recovery. And, you know, we can split hairs on, is that social media meaning 
people that they're connected to, that they're friends with on social media, recommending that they come to Brightview okay. or are they engaging in Brightview's content? Are they seeing a Brightview ad, et cetera? But it is compelling to know that social media is having some level of impact. And we've actually seen that grow since I've joined Brightview, like I said, in early 2019. So over the last call it five years, we've seen that impact actually increase. Part of that is because of the improving that we're doing at content marketing, the level of quality upping that we're able to provide with our social media content and engagement and interactions and everything. Uh, and then another part of it, I think, too, is we're seeing a, a bit of a shifting trend in just general consumer demographics of who's using what social media platforms and everything. But right, yeah. I feel like I've sucked all the oxygen out of the room, Steve. So let me invite you back into the conversation here. Not a bit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a tractor beam listening. This is great. I was thinking about a number of things. Um, one is, you know, to your point about education level, uh, video is very inclusive. Um, one, you can communicate so many ideas. I mean, if, if you did it, I did it once. I used AI to do a transcript of, uh, you know, a podcast episode. And now I use it every time. It's a service called Descript. And oh, I mean, talk about trying to, if you tried to type out everything that you and I are saying over the next minutes, it's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of content to try to take in, um, with your eyes, but with your ears and, and your eyes combined, if you can just listen and sit and hear people talk, it's so much more inclusive and, and, and accessible for people. Um, now certainly it makes sense also to have, you know, written, written resources and things for people, but I can see why a video first or a video strong strategy, uh, would help reach people where they are because, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, if you are homeless, um, you, you may likely still have a smartphone, you know, the, the, that technology has gotten accessible and, and, uh, you know, competitive price point for almost anybody to own, not everybody, but, um, you know, and video is easy to, to consume on a smartphone through YouTube and other sites. Um, and then, you know, Facebook and places are free, things like that. So, so it's, right. it, I could see why that would be, um, one, a difficult challenge for you all to go down that checklist of traction and say, well, we really need to understand who we're trying to reach. And, and, and some of these, some of these channels just aren't going to be the right play for us, given the nature of, um, you know, our audience and our markets. Um, we used to say in healthcare marketing in hospital marketing specifically, like if you've seen one hospital, you've seen one hospital. So, you know, a hospital in, in New York city is going to be very different than a hospital in, in West Virginia. You know, the place has a way of, of helping to define, uh, some aspects of the culture. Um, so, so talk a little bit more about the video. Uh, it sounds like that has been something you've kind of leaned into and developed over the years since you've been there also since 2019. Um, what does that look like? Is it long form? Is it short snippets, um, customer stories? That's a big question we always get. How do you tell the story? You know, what are the HIPAA compliant kind of factors to consider, but also just, um, you know, respect for the patient and their story generally. Definitely. So if you would have asked me maybe four or five years ago, is this short form or long form? I would have said long form, 
you know, there are four or five minute videos, but we're not doing 30 minute, you know, mini documentaries or anything of that nature. But now with the rise of YouTube shorts and Instagram reels and TikTok, what was short form video several years ago <laughs> has now become long form. So we're, we're doing a couple of different things. We typically will take a patient story that is maybe three or four minutes and that's cut down from a 15 to 30 probably minute interview. Sometimes we're going on the road to centers and we're interviewing patients where they are um, and, and we're able to take those and then chunk them up into smaller, more consumable um, hmm. segments. So typically we might have a couple of one or two minute segments and then a longer form segment that's maybe four or five minutes. And we share those internally with our team because as you can imagine, somebody in the accounting team or somebody in the payroll team is not getting regular exposure to patients. And it really helps keep us as a staff and team patient-centered and really mission-centered. And uh, and we're able to see the impact that we're having because you know you could do accounts payable at any number of businesses, but to do it here where the, the vendors that we're paying and the, the people that we're interacting with are contributing to the betterment of tens of thousands of individuals is, is huge. And then seeing every story that comes across our desk is just really, really powerful. And from a marketing perspective, it's so gratifying to hear, I saw a yard sign that you know my team put together. I heard a radio spot that my team put together. I saw a video that you know my team put together. That's just incredibly powerful when we're talking to patients and you know, they, they did a Google search for, you know, Suboxone doctor near me or whatever, and mm -hmm. Brand you showed up. They did a search for um, addiction rehab that takes Medicaid or, or whatever, and Brightview showed up. Like that, that work is stuff that my team is actively doing. And the results are patients who didn't think they could, you know, enter sobriety, who didn't think they could be in long-term recovery, and now they are. And that's, that's super, super powerful. That's huge. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. Uh, I don't know how you're doing the, how you're splicing up the short form or hyper short form content, but that has been, uh, quite the transition over the last year or two where, um, attention spans, I'm finding my own attention span can either be at the, the long tail of very long or hyper short, you know, where it's like, it's either five or 10 seconds or yeah, maybe 40 or 50 minutes if I'm really interested in the content. Um, but yeah, Marcus you get Sheridan had a really, I think, insightful comment on that, which is people have long attention spans for things that are interesting and engaging. Mm -hmm. And we have almost no attention span for something that is boring or irrelevant. And that's, that's so true. I think of my own behavior and Steve, I'm sure your behavior too, where you, you see a video that's irrelevant to you. And it doesn't matter if the video is 45 seconds, you're not watching it for more yeah, than three. Totally. But then you see a 15 minute or a 20 minute video for something that's really interesting that mm -hmm. resonates with you and you'll watch the entire thing. And that's how I am as well, especially with podcasts where, you know, I'll start a podcast and I'm five minutes in and it's just not clicking and I'm, oh, I'm yeah. not interested. I'm moving on. And then there's another podcast that's an hour and 10 minutes that I'm listening to because it's something that I'm really fascinated by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I talk about random pursuits. I have gotten into uh, this form of watching the the market called uh, technical analysis. And it's basically yes. like, you know, there's like Fibonacci sequence movements in the market. And I love Mac. I love all things macro, all things macro trend. And I've watched so many 30 minute videos about, uh, 
the the most interesting Elliott wave theory and um, and Fibonacci movements and regression and waves in the market. I just am fascinated by it. I can't tell you how many hours of content I'll because one, it's relaxing. It's interesting to me and it it shifts me away from the work that I've done during the day. So there's a there's a, a learning component, but it's it's entertaining for me, um, maybe not for everybody, certainly. But just to your point, it's like everybody's a little bit different. But once you find that in that that uh, video that captures your attention and piques your interest, man, you'll you'll watch a good long segment of it. Hey, I love a good George Gammon macro whiteboard video. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's a very interesting time to be looking at macro trends. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. We could, uh, we need to do a separate conversation about that. <laughs> maybe not on the boost, but <laughs> maybe, maybe not on the boost. Maybe there's somebody out there. Um, but, but to continue on LinkedIn, uh, you know, I, we run this conference, the mental health marketing conference. You're, you've helped us connect with Kevin Dugan on your team, uh, which is gonna, he's gonna come and talk, uh, content marketing and he's got a great background for it. Uh, he's lived some agency life. He's lived some behavioral health life. So perfect, um, kind of person to talk about it and, and to talk about it from the long arc of where and how publishing has really transformed into content marketing and influence marketing. Um, but the point is, that I want to make here is that our audience is largely B2B. So we largely sit on LinkedIn and they do a good job of analytics on LinkedIn. And I'll tell you, if you do the right application of video or a smart application of video, uh, engagement skyrockets. Um, and it can just be, you know, I want to use it responsibly because it can really be a lure, you know, like a little movement in the screen in a fairly static, um, feed uh in an autoplay environment where the video starts to play immediately without sound i mean you just hook people's attention it's incredible to see yes you throw some large captions in your video and oh my gosh. i mean it it's it's amazing how many i'll call them content creators but this is mostly brands look at linkedin in 2023 the same way that linkedin operated in 2015 which was blog heavy, newsletter heavy, yeah. self-publishing heavy. That It's not the LinkedIn of 2015 anymore. It's, I mean, TikTok videos, cat videos, um, uh, attractive women, right? Like you, you go onto LinkedIn and it's a totally different social media platform today than it was not even 10 years ago. But exactly what you're saying is right where video content specifically, very short form, vertical video, big captions, engaging clickbait-esque titles are are definitely getting a lot of traction there. The funny thing I find yeah. with LinkedIn is it doesn't really matter how good your content is necessarily. It really matters how much interaction you get within the first 60-ish minutes of that mm -hmm. post. So when, when we're posting content as Brightview on LinkedIn, we're really trying to get engagement right off the bat. And typically the first inner circle is Brightview employees. So we're posting and employees are engaging with it. And then it's going out to the community and referral partners and, you know, prospective patients, let's say, and community members, et cetera. But getting that first core to engage within the first, again, hour is, is really clutch in building those impressions for sure. I, I agree. I don't know how the algorithm works, but it feels like it feels like, yeah, that first hour is uh, LinkedIn is just watching and let it run, letting it run wild. 
watching engagement. And it's so critical to have that first hour go well, because then it feels like it kind of goes a little bit dark and it goes into the queue and maybe they assign some kind of uh, time of life um, expectancy on this post based on initial engagement. So, um, and LinkedIn is very, it's like the office, you know, it's like Monday through Friday and then it's like a ghost town. So I think most posts have sort of a week lifespan um, for 80 to 90% of the engagement. But then once in a while, I'll see a post run and they like, ta- they've got to tag it with like, okay, this one will run a month or something like that. Or this, you know, when I get really esoteric and philosophical, then it's like, oh, this one's going to run for about 10 minutes, Steve. <laughs> you know, like they, they kill it immediately because it's like, we don't want your poetry here. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't take personally because it's not that good, but it's, it's just fascinating that there, there is, you can definitely feel like if you work the platform enough, like I can even tell when they reset the servers, you know, it's like everything kind of goes quiet, all the numbers get reset. And then, you know, there's gotta be some math behind the scenes. Um, what do you think about the, the trend right now for newsletters? You mentioned email newsletters. I use MailChimp. Um, but LinkedIn, you know, it seems like all of a sudden people are 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 using the newsletter feature, which to me, I don't know, it's just a little bit of overload content wise. It's like this was really this should have happened five years ago. I don't know about today. No, I agree with you. And I think as an individual, if you have a lot to say on a regular basis, the newsletter is not a bad option. Obviously, LinkedIn has been trending away from individuals writing their own thoughts and, and almost having their mm-hmm. own individual blog. I mean, I think back to 2012, 2013, 2014, I was writing and posting blog content on LinkedIn and that was getting decent engagement, but that doesn't work anymore now. LinkedIn is really pushing us toward newsletters. And the newsletter hack is that when you go send out your first newsletter, it pings everyone you're connected to. Yes. So that allows you, if you yeah. have you know 5,000 followers or 10,000 followers to get into 5,000 or 10,000 inboxes immediately. Now, I would argue that was more valuable two, three years ago before the proliferation of artificial intelligence and things like LinkedIn Helper and those sorts of things that are now just spamming the heck out of LinkedIn members. But even so, if you want to get in front of a large audience and you think it's a numbers game, a newsletter may not be a bad idea. For most of what Brightview is doing, you know, it's we empower our community outreach managers, people who are liaisons within the communities that we serve that live in those communities and help work with, you know, you think of your urgent cares, your emergency rooms, your primary care doctors, anywhere where somebody's presenting with addiction, we try to empower them with the ability to post regularly on LinkedIn because Hmm. we want parole officers, um, drug court judges, veterans court judges, et cetera, to see their content and to stay and for them to stay top of mind. But they're posting a lot of local content. It's them out mm-hmm. doing a ride along with a sheriff. It's them out meeting with a um, a community clinic. It's them out serving at a food bank, et cetera. And, and that's the kind of content that really gets engagement, not so much the sort of like corporate videos or, or corporate newsletters, yeah. if you will. But yeah, I think it's- newsletters have their place for the right application. It's a genius move for LinkedIn, you know, because uh, the thing I love about MailChimp is that it's my owned audience, you know, like I have earned the opt-in for those thousands of email addresses. And LinkedIn is saying, 
yeah, we'll give you the feature of the newsletter, but we'll kind of still control the platform and, and you're, you're renting the audience from us, the people who are on LinkedIn, who have also followed you. And that can change dramatically pretty quickly. So in, in that respect, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of like, uh, you know, being not fooled intentionally, but just not realizing that a newsletter could be rented or an owned audience. And I think there's a big difference there. Um, but one of the, one of the big, like recent posts for me that did well was, um, it wasn't a newsletter format, but it was just an industry recap. So it was like, Hey, I'm just going to highlight 10 articles that I've found this week in this space and tag the experts who are doing that. And it's simple curation, you know? Um, but man, it went wild because they love to see their blog posts that they sweated on, you know, get some kind of traction somewhere. And I'm happy to do that because I don't have to write it. Um, and it's got the side benefit, which is the main benefit is that it's valuable to other people. They're like, Oh, great. 10 resources right here. I don't have to dig around for it. Cause I did that work. So I don't know. Right. Here's a compilation of the highlights. <laughs> Why waste my time with anything less than highlightable? Mm hmm. Yeah. So if you don't have anything to say, like sometimes I don't, then it's like, just steal like an artist, you know, like, and give people credit, give people full credit, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel or come up with some original thought all the time. It's like, well, just, yeah, just kind of help other people with distribution. Exactly. They're posting on LinkedIn and writing blog posts to get distribution, like you just said. So they want more eyeballs on it and you recycling their content or summarizing their content, I'm sure is appreciated. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, what else is on your mind in terms of Brightview Health? What's what's kind of next? Either it could be a next hire that you see as the landscape is changing in your marketing team. You got a sizable marketing team there, nine people. Um, or is it a new program or campaign you're rolling out that you can talk about? So to talk a little bit about um, like how, what's your vision casting as the marketing lead there? Definitely. So we've talked a lot about video. We're actually hiring a junior graphic designer, somebody with probably a couple of years of experience, particularly in motion graphics would be ideal because we really do want to take our video game to the next level. So mm -hmm. if you are a junior designer, a recent college graduate and some sort of media major or design major, please reach out, please apply. We'd love to, if you're the right candidate, you know, pursue that. Uh, be because again, what we're seeing in addiction treatment and behavioral health is that people are becoming, people meaning our audience, are becoming immune to the tactics of old, which were, we're working through another decision maker to get the, again, marketing term end user into our facility or on our wait list, as is the case with most providers. We, we really have to break through that noise. I mean, we as a local addiction treatment provider are competing for audience share with Nordstrom and Apple and Burger King and McDonald's and Starbucks and all of these multi-billion dollar brands, trillion yep. dollars in some cases, yep. they're running YouTube ads and they're doing blanket typically um, demographic targeting. So for us, if they're doing zip code targeting or something of that nature, and we're doing credit score, income, whatever sort of layering on, we're still mm -hmm. competing with them for the same people because they're just doing a massive overlay. Yep. So for a McDonald's ad that is really well done and engaging and funny and kitschy and whatever else to run, and then a YouTube video, and then the next ad is a Brightview ad, we have to be upping our game. We have to constantly right. be yeah. making sure that 
what we're presenting is, you know, what I would consider kind of global brand quality because gone are the days when they would see a, a local, you know, automobile dealership ad that was shot by the local news station. That's yeah. not even high def. Yeah. And then here comes a bright view ad. That's, you know, a, a mediocre kind of rambling testimonial. It doesn't work anymore because we're competing with these brands that have really, really good marketing teams and fantastic agency partnerships and all the bells and whistles that come with the really cutting edge video editing and, and those sorts of things. So we're, we're really totally. working on upping our game there. Man, we, that's, I love it. That's what we're passionate about with this conference. The mental health marketing conference is how can we take the work that you're doing? like some of the best and highest work we could be doing and overlay some really smart consumer marketing that helps reach people in need wherever they are. And, and that's always a, a changing audience. You may not need help last year. You may need help this year. Um, but you, yeah, you always see that. Uh, I always laugh like after the halftime show at the Super Bowl. you know, it's like, then you see the, um, the type, the local tire store and the lawyer, get there, like, uh, get there, <laughs> their 30 seconds. And, but it's next to like a multi-million dollar ad. Uh, and it's just so starkly different. So we are competing with, um, all the noise out there, you know? And so that's where marketing can be a microphone or an amplification system for you to reach people wherever they are in that stadium, what I call the stadium, you know, are you in the front seats or are you in the nosebleeds and wherever you are, you need to be able to hear this messaging sometimes to counteract the messaging of serious mental illness, which can have messaging like I should stay alone. I'm afraid of change. I don't, I'm ashamed to get help or ask for help, or I don't even want to look this challenge in the eye or this issue in the eye. Um, man, marketing and messaging and communications can overcome that to some degree. And what a smart way to, to spend our time trying to figure that out. So kudos to you, like applause to you and your team and your organization for, um, one, the, the continuum of, um, just cohesion in the services that you're offering, because, you know, um, those things are all, connected and they're all, they can all compound positively or very negatively in some cases, you know, if you don't have your birth certificate and how do you find it? And, you know, you don't have a place to sleep and you working to find food. Yeah. Those are incredible, incredibly complex situations to, to try to deal with separately. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked to learn more about Brightview Health and, and what you're doing from a marketing perspective. And um, I hope we can talk again. I'm sorry I've got to wrap this up, um, but it's just a, a matter of time. We're limited on resources. So um, I appreciate your time today. Steve, really, really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully it was insightful and helpful at some level. Very, to your very. Audience. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Let's do it again. There's you know, plenty more to talk about. Do it. We'll do a part two. Uh, but thanks, Colin. Have a good one. You too. Thanks again, Steve. All right. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy 
Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.